0: Hello and welcome to season four of the VoiceOver Hour podcast, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, an organization that is dedicated to helping, supporting, and strengthening the voiceover industry. And my name's Rachel Naylor, and I'll be your host. I've been a voice actor for over 20 years, working in all areas of voiceovers, from video games, to commercials, to animation, to promos. I'm also editor of The Buzz magazine, which is the only magazine in the world dedicated to the voiceover industry. I'm director at Elements Demos, founder and CEO of The VoiceOver Network, and I'm also a multi-award winning entrepreneur. I talk to some amazing experts in our industry, including voice actors, agents, producers, and casting directors. They'll be sharing their stories, as well as information and advice to help you with your voiceover journey. And that's what this podcast is all about. So the voiceover network is the number one place for voiceover professionals to get the best training, help, support, opportunities, and access to an amazing supportive community. Head over to the voiceovernetwork.org website to see all the amazing events and workshops we have going on. I started the VoiceOver Network over eight years ago. I can't believe that now. Because I wanted to create a safe place for voiceover professionals from around the world to come together to get help, support, and advice, and to strengthen this amazing industry we work in. The VoiceOver Network is a global community of voiceover professionals of all levels. So people who've been in the industry for over 40 years and people just starting out. And I'm so proud of what we've created. I want to empower you on your voiceover journey. Hello, everybody. Hello and welcome to the VoiceOver Hour podcast. Today, I have a special guest joining me. His name is Terry Briscoe, and he is a U.S. voice actor, as well as a fellow MS warrior. Welcome, Terry.
1: Hi, Rachel. How are you doing today?
0: So good. Really, really lovely to have you on the podcast. How are you? I am
1: very well, and it it's my honor to be here.
0: Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so pleased to, to get you on this podcast. So we met, we met last year, didn't we, at the MAVO conference?
1: That is correct.
0: And I remember because I remember I was up on stage giving a talk, um, giving telling my story to to everybody and I had decided that I was going to be quite open about my health um, challenges and I was telling the story about my, so for those that don't know, I have MS, uh, multiple sclerosis and I was diagnosed in 2018 and, um, and we'll, we'll talk a bit more but yeah. And it was really, really tough, as it is, you know, when you're diagnosed with something like MS. And I was telling the story on stage, and I was kind of building up to, you know, I I told the story about how I'd been in hospital, and I didn't say what what it was that I was diagnosed until I I said the word, and I built up to it, and I said, "Oh, I was diagnosed with MS." And Terry was sat at the front, and he nearly fell off his chair because <laughs> because straight away you were like, "Oh my gosh," there's you know, like wow um that was quite it was quite a powerful moment wasn't it
1: oh it was one of the absolute most powerful moments that I've experienced in voiceover so far um it was it was like the irony it was meant to be I think it was meant to be because I had actually forgotten to bring a notebook to take notes right and so like five minutes before you began I ran upstairs to my room and instead of grabbing the notebook Book that I got in the swag bag when we signed in. Yeah. I had just got back from the MS um, Leadership Summit in Dallas, like the oh. same day, actually. <laughs> so I had, I was like, you know what? I'm, and I grabbed my MS Society notebook instead. And I had, I was just sitting. I was sitting in the front row, like literally, right, right there in the front row. And then you started talking. I had the book in my hand. <laughs> so oh. I was like, wow, this is absolutely crazy and then you mentioned that um in your speech you said that you you like you stumbled while running and it was yeah. in 2014 and I was like oh my god that is exactly how it happened for me I, exactly how it happened I was like this is absolutely insane and I just couldn't you're right I, you almost knocked me out of my chair <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was yeah and it's you know when I think it's really you know it's, it's really important and you know, I don't know about for you. So, so yeah, I'll just quickly share my story with everybody who's listening because I haven't shared it on this podcast before. So what happened with me was 2018, I went on this kind of crazy fitness thing. Uh, I was doing loads and loads of exercise. I lost loads of weight. I was really, really fit, but I was trying to do everything at a million miles an hour. Um, so I was trying to be like the perfect, uh, entrepreneur. I was trying to be the perfect, you know, brilliant voice actor. I was trying to be a perfect mum. I was, I was, um, losing weight and getting fit, like on this crazy fitness thing. I was going out and partying and I was kind of doing everything really, really like full on. And, um, people around me started saying that they were worried. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm fine. Everything's fine. Um, and then the first thing that happened to me was I collapsed and had a suspected heart attack at the age of 37 which was kind of yeah obviously alarm bells that was my body trying to say like stop enough like listen and um, it wasn't a heart attack they didn't never really kind of got to the bottom of it went home from the hospital and slept for a week and then just got back on my kind of my roller coaster ride and started getting faster and faster and faster again and then um, I started having this weird thing with my left eye where I couldn't see properly. And I kept thinking I was getting a migraine because I'd been getting migraines. And it just—it was just really odd. And I woke up and it was Friday the 13th. I remember that because it was so weird. Friday the 13th, it was the day Donald Trump came to London as well. <laughs> so I, I'll never forget it. And I, my eyesight got worse. And I put my hands over my eyes and realized that I'd lost the vision in my left eye. And I was like, "This is weird. This is a very unusual um, migraine." So I went to the opticians, and they said, "Right, uh, we don't think there's anything, you know, seriously wrong, but we want you to get in a cab and go to the um, the eye hospital A and E straight away." And that was the start of a very very. Scary day of having lots of lights sh- shone in my eyes, lots of kind of doctors saying, oh, you come over here and I'll have a look at this, you know, and putting their fingers up. And I was like, I can't see. And then I had to go to another hospital and have scans and ended up being admitted. Um, really, yeah, odd. And then they did the MRI. Um, that's where they said that they suspected that I had MS, um, but they couldn't diagnose me yet. Because mm-hmm. normally MS takes years to be diagnosed. Right um they did the 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 joyous lumbar puncture really not fun it is really and and they said oh it's it's just like having an epidural I was like yeah no 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 (laughs) no um and then then I was kind of let to go home to be like well this is what we think you have but you probably won't be diagnosed for a long time so it was very weird thing to sort of go away and go well I might but I might not and where does this lead me um and then it was only it was yeah it was September that year that I went in to see my neurologist uh, just for a follow-up to find out the results from the lumbar puncture. And I didn't, I just, I wasn't ready. I just didn't, I didn't prepare myself. I'd kind of gone into denial and that's where she diagnosed me. And I just fell apart. I mean, I literally felt like, I felt like, I describe it like I felt like she took me, everything that I am and threw me up in the air, like all the parts of me and it was just thrown in the air. And I just... I didn't know who I was. It was, it was terrifying. Um, and I know anyone who's listening to this, who's had a, um, a serious diagnosis, whether it's MS or cancer or, you know, that it's a very, there's a very similar thing that you go through um, which is just, yeah, trying to kind of figure out who you are. Um, so that, that was, that was what happened to me. Um, so tell us, yeah, tell us, tell us about your story, Terry. How did you, what, what happened with you?
1: Similar in the sense that it came down upon me while I was stretching myself so thin, and the body apparently doesn't like that so much. Mm -hmm. So I was a a transit bus driver uh, for my county, and my wife was home with our with our kids, and um, so I was working as much as I could just to make just try to provide for the family. Um, So I was getting most of my money on overtime, so I was working like. 15, 17 hour days sometimes. And I mean, it was consistent, like 55, 65 hour weeks just for three, four straight years. And I had a layover one time. Um, I chose the bus route that circled my daughter's elementary school. Mm-hmm. So, cause it's a wonder, you know, just make sure she's safe, just keep my eye on if I could. Right. So, and she had a choral performance at the school and it happened to coincide with one of my layovers. Now, I had just had a tooth removed, and apparently, I have caveman teeth because my, the roots of my teeth grow up into my sinus cavities. Oh, no. So, when they took the tooth out, it broke the bone in between the sinus cavities and wow. the roof. Yeah. So, that wasn't fun. Um, so, I had been having some kind of like weird, like tingling sensations in my hand. And I, you know, I just took it as a direct result of the, the tooth extraction. And so, I had that layover. And I was—I went to my daughter's school so I could see the performance. And I was running across the street, and my legs just gave out in the middle of the street. So I was like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" Uh, oh yeah, so I, I low crawl out of the out of the street into the median, and I sit there for a few minutes, and you know, the feeling comes back, and I'm like, "That was really, really, really weird. Like I never experienced anything like that." So. Uh for the for the next week or so, I'm having like half of my left hand it's just like I can't feel it at all, you know, and like my toes are tingling. And I'm like, okay, I've gotta do something about the bus driver. I can't like not feel parts of my body. I've gotta, mm-hmm. it's kind of dangerous. And so I go to see the dentist and tell the dentist, I'm like, hey, you know, since you took this tooth out, like it's been I've been having all types of weird tingling. Did you like damage a nerve or something? He's like, no, nope, you need to go see your doctor. So I go see my doctor. My doctor's like, you need to go and see a neurologist. I go to see the neurologist and immediately she was like, you have something called transverse myelitis, which is almost always a precursor to MS. So, and when she told me that I was so uneducated on what MS was, well, like most people are, because you know, why would you know about it unless you have to, right? Yeah. So I was so uneducated. I literally thought I was going to die.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I
1: asked, I asked the doctor how long I had to live.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was that much of a shock to me, you know? So I go and have the, as you say, you call it lumbar puncture. We call them spinal taps. Oh, uh, yeah. That yeah. wonderful experience, which um, I don't know if anyone's yeah. ever had that. I've never had an epidural before, okay. but I can't imagine that if it feels anything <laughs> like no, because
0: the thing with an <laughs> epidural is you're in pain and you're like, do you know what? I'll take anything to stop this pain. Right. Whereas lumbar puncture, you're not in pain. And then suddenly they're sticking a huge, I mean, these guys, these needles are massive and they stick them in your spine. It's huge. Not and nice. then,
1: and the, I think the difference is, is that they were removing fluid as yeah. opposed to giving you some kind of like painkiller. They were moving yeah. fluid. And I, I liken it to, I say, they felt like they were stealing my soul. soul. <laughs> that's what it, that's yeah. what it felt like. Um, so anyway, I have all the tests and then it comes back. I didn't like like you said, it takes years to get the diagnosis. They knew what it was going to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it did the, the official diagnosis didn't come for three years.
0: Okay. So I
1: actually went back to work and worked for those three years. Yeah. And, and my doctor, the third year, he was like, when I got the official diagnosis, he was like, You need to stop working now. Wow. Before this goes downhill quickly. Mm. and me having the job as a bus driver i was like that's just too dangerous to continue yeah so like you say how you felt like it threw you up in the air and all your pieces just came falling down like my life was literally in shambles at that point because i had not lost my profession you know i didn't know what was going to be going with my health going forward after that uh it was a very very trying time
0: yeah wow and just and um, for for everybody, anyone who's listening who doesn't know what MS is, so I'll give my kind of description of it, and you can jump in, Terry, because it's always it's a really difficult um, disease to explain in a way. But it's a disease that affects the brain and the spinal um, cord, and it's an autoimmune disease. Um, they class it as a it's it's incurable, blah blah blah, um, degenerative, blah blah blah. Um, but it, what happens is our immune system Attacks so the covering of our nerves. So nerves in your brain and your spine are covered in something called myelin sheath, and it's like you know when you look at wires, the covering of a wire. That's what that's what is all in our brain and our spine that covers our nerves, which obviously take you know messages from our brain to parts of our body. Um, And what happens with MS is that our immune system attacks our myelin sheath anywhere it can be you know it's you never really know it's very unpredictable um and it can affect um the movement so it can stop movement or it can affect any kind of things like eyesight um moving your arms your legs um hearing and voice which for me that was the worst actually that that was the thing that really um and it still gets me when i just even you know that would be if I couldn't, yeah, couldn't have my voice taken away. Um, so that as a voice actor, obviously, is like what? Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, it's, yes, yeah, it's <laughs> that is, and so yeah, in terms of, did how would you, how, yeah, did I kind of describe that right, Terry?
1: Yeah, you absolutely what you described. Like, uh, I try to explain it to people, like you know, when you have like an iPhone or like an Android charger and the, the wire starts getting loose at the very end as yeah. you plug it into and then the, the wire starts getting exposed from that little coating. Well that's yeah. exactly what happens with MS. Your your T cells eat that sheath away yeah. and then it it disrupts the signals being sent from your brain to other parts of your body or within the brain even.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So if you get some it's detangling and it's different. And the thing about it is it's different for every single person that has it.
0: Yeah and it's not it's really unpredictable so they never know so there are there are three types of ms as well so there's relapsing remitting which is the most common which is what i've got and that's what you've got terry right Correct. um and then there is um progressive which is where an attack comes and then that function is gone forever um all gone for a long time i think i will um play with that word um and then the third one is the secondary which is where you're you know that's really really bad news and you are in a wheelchair and really in big trouble so um it is unpredictable and the thing is that we're you know we're in a in a world now there are a lot of people i don't know what the statistics are actually of how many people have ms in the world but it's—I don't know—I should have—I should have got those figures, shouldn't I? Um, but yeah, um, one million yeah.
1: in the U.S. alone. We—I do know okay. that.
0: Wow. Okay, one million in the U.S. And and it is—it's—it it, there are so you have the relapses where you know something—it's kind of a major thing, um, but then there are all sorts of other side effects that we get um, with MS. Lots of really really rubbish things like extreme fatigue um chronic fatigue and when people say oh yeah 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 I know I, I was really tired too you're like it's not like being tired mm. no, I describe it, it it's like I did a, I did a couple of half marathons years ago and it's like when you get to the end of a half marathon it's that exhaustion and you haven't done anything so you can wake up in the morning and feel like you have run a marathon. And it it's hit me sometimes and I you know, I'm out and about and I like literally I'm just like, I need to get somewhere because I'm gonna lie down on the floor wherever I am and go to sleep. It's um and then we have other things, other fun things, not well, not fun, but um <laughs> there's depression, which which hit me hard after diagnosis. I I suffered from depression, um, and that's a very common side effect to to MS. And um, there's numbness in fingers and toes, problems with eyesight, um, forgetful brain fog. Um I have basically.
1: something that's really fun called a Laramite sign. So I have a I have a lesion at the on my brain stem. So oh, wow. when I duck my chin to my chest, it shoots a lightning bolt down from my neck all the way to my toes.
0: <gasps> oh, that's really, nasty. really fun. Oh, that's really yeah. nasty. It's yeah, it's a it's a it's a weird old um disease that um they know you know I, f- I feel like it's one of those things and and I think it's really great that we're talking about it today, raising awareness and you know it, it came up we you know we've talked about MS and we've met up at events but um noticing other voice actors in the industry who have recently been diagnosed with MS and yes. there are a few now. Um, and it's what, what I love is the the fact that I talk openly about the fact that I've got MS. So it means that people will introduce me to other people, particularly voice actors who have been diagnosed. So then, you know, then we can come together and help and support each other. Um, but it's also important as well to share and to talk to, because I know lots of people listening this to this have other health issues. Um, and just to know that you're not alone and that you know, you can get through this. I mean, when I was, after I was diagnosed, as I said, I went through depression and um, I was having some, some tricky financial issues with the tax man at the time, which didn't help. Um, and I remember thinking that my life was over and I was going to give everything up and move to the country and get chickens. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well you had a plan
0: (laughs) i know and um and it was weird and i you know and, and going back to the depression thing which is again important to talk about mental health um i always thought people with depression looked sad i was always like oh people with depression look sad and they can't get out of bed that was the impression that i had until i had it and it is not i mean there is an element yes and some people you know and it can get to that point But I was a fully functioning depression. You know, I was I put on my happy face. I was doing everything. I was going to events. I was walking down the red carpet. I was, you know, out partying. I was doing Christmas for the family. You know, I was making my kids laugh. It was all kind of but inside I was screaming and just so, so unhappy. Um, It's a yeah, it's it's a tough one.
1: In our our voiceover community, there are so many people that suffer from depression or anxiety. Yeah. And it kind of makes sense that it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense that this is a great profession for that because you get yeah. to spend so much time in your little padded room, right? So yeah. you don't have to worry about being out and about in public as, unless you want to. You don't have to, right? You yeah. can be, literally work from home. Yeah. But on the other hand, you're also being heard By people around the world so there's anxiety in that you know um that that's kind of a it's kind of a weird tightrope to walk
0: and we also spend a lot of time on our own as well which is which can fuel depression and loneliness and anxiety and 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 all of that so yeah it's a tricky one um yeah i remember just i i i felt like i was at the bottom of a black hole and I, I didn't know a way out. And it was, oh, it was terrifying. And I just, I couldn't see a way out. I felt lost and alone and in darkness. Um, and for me, what happened, uh, which was, you know, fate. And I do believe in, you know, things coming into our lives for a reason. Um, I was working with a business coach at the time who was really, he was, he was great you know, and very helpful through my diagnosis. Damien Mark Smith is his name. And he was running an energy retreat in Cape Verde. And he said to me, right, you're coming. And I was like, oh, well, I'm, you know, miserable. I, everything's falling apart. My life is a disaster. I don't know what I'm doing. And I've got kids. And how can I go away? And he was like, no, no, no you need to come. And my partner at the time was very supportive. And so I went, I got on a plane and went to Cape Verde. And I, it was when I turned up and I, I wasn't prepared at all. I hadn't, didn't have the right, you know, money. I didn't even know what language they spoke. I was coming. I just got off the plane. I was like, I don't know where I am. And I went on this energy retreat and I found meditation. Mm -hmm. And that for me has been absolutely magical. Um, And that's, I became a vegan as well. So I, you know, that was something that just it was like my body kind of it was a message almost that came to me that you know be vegan and so I decided to become vegan and I found meditation and meditation got me out of depression and and really helped me to it's something that I use now and I I meditate as much as I can um and I am a big believer in meditation. What about you? Terry, how do you cope with with all the kind of madness of it all.
1: I just try to cope the best that I can. <laughs> honestly.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I try to do things that I enjoy. I love voiceover. Um,
0: yeah.
1: I, I kind of look at not only getting MS, but also the pandemic as yeah. something that I've always wanted to do voiceover since I was a child. Yeah. Always, since I was a child, laying under my coffee table in my dad's living room, watching Transformers on TV. I nice. always wanted to be a voiceover. But I never would have done it because I'm the type of guy that likes to know the bills are paid. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I was out there working 15, 17-hour days, driving the bus and, you know, two jobs when I was younger. And, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that the family was always taken care of. I never would have taken the leap.
0: Yeah.
1: I would have never taken the leap had I not... Got MS, which made me stop doing my day job, mm. and then I started my transportation company where I do non-emergency medical transportation, which is a lot, you know, a lot calmer as far yeah. as like you know the situation is concerned. Um, which you know had me dipping my toe into being an entrepreneur. So yeah. I knew that you could do it because I've done it for ten, for nearly ten years. You know, so when yeah. the pandemic hit, and I was like, okay. So now all of my clients are canceling their trips to go to the doctors because everyone's afraid to go outside the house. And they're definitely afraid to go to medical facilities Mm -hmm. (laughs) unless they have to. So I lost like, I don't know, like three grand the first month. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I need to transition into something that is going to be anything proof. Like, I don't, it's it's Mm -hmm. everything. So people will always need voices. Yeah. For their products. They will always need voices for audiobooks. They'll always need corporate narration. There's, you know, they you'll always need that. And it's also it's something that I always wanted to do. So I'm gonna go for it. Yeah. Like, I'm just gonna go for it. And so I dove into it. And that is doing it is actually something that is, you know, cathartic for me. Yeah. Um, I love it. You know, I really, yeah. really, really, really love it. So um trying to get full-time, I'm trying to get there inching slowly, I'm still you know, yeah. I'm still doing my transportation company um, just make sure that the lights are on, but I'm inching towards mm-hmm. flip-flopping that into voiceover being the full-time thing, and that would be my side hustle um, but that, you know, spending time with my daughter and, you know, like ch- just, I like, I enjoy reading can't do the sports so much as I used to because yeah. you know, because of the yeah. MS, but when I can, I still get out there yeah, I can, I still get to get out there. Uh, you know, just trying to be creative. That's that's the that's the thing. The the therapy. <laughs> nice. Yeah.
0: And I think yeah, it's 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 interesting um, because I it for me, I really felt like. It made me embrace life. I think I've always been somebody who's like, I want to live my life. But suddenly having a diagnosis of MS, which, again, we never know what's coming. You know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We, we just don't know. Um, none of us know. Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. But with MS, with something like MS, we've got a bit of a, more of a dark cloud, you know, that's much more prominent and reminds us um, daily <laughs> that it's there. And that we need to live our lives now, today. And I think that's, that's, that was something that happened with the pandemic. When, when the pandemic hit, people were, you know, it was very difficult for everybody. But I felt like, I don't know about you, but I felt like I was kind of prepared because I'd gone through such a massive life change with being diagnosed with MS. that when the pandemic happened, I felt like, oh, yeah, I remember this where you have to kind of really shift and you have to adapt and, and change um, to what's happening. Because um, there's a, there's a it's, I remember when I was diagnosed and the, the neurologist said to me, right, so it's going to be, it's going to take about six months for you to accept the diagnosis. I was like, what? What are you talking about? That, that sounds madness and actually it is i mean so what what happens is you you have to grieve mm-hmm. you go through a grieving process of grieving the person you were before your diagnosis um and and that's a very odd thing to go through and i don't know about you terry but i mean there's still part of me that doesn't accept it <laughs> and then and then my body will tell me and say <laughs> hello yeah now you do have that thing
1: <laughs> oh, you gotta then. push sometimes you gotta push a little bit you know no.
0: just, to
1: see, just to see you gotta push it a little bit
0: that's it but beautiful i i'm a big believer in beautiful things come from dark places and i you know it is hard when you are in a dark place and things feel like they're up against you but i i just yeah i think that we need um we, we need that kind of push in life. We need resistance in order for our genius, our, our brilliance to come through. Um, and I think that's, that's what I feel like the MS has come along and it's like, okay, it's, it's, it's shown me that I am, you know, a real person and yeah. And, and, and feeling pain and tiredness and yes, you know, you can't do everything, but you can still carry on your life. So for me, I went through this period of thinking, right, that's it. I'm done. And then I had to really look at what I was doing and be like, is this really what I want to do? And I was like, hell yes. I love what I do. I love being a voice actor and I love the voiceover network. You know, I'm so passionate about what I've created here and knowing that I have, you know, what I do has a positive effect on other people. That's why I do it. And, Yes, you know, having my own career is important, but I, I get so much joy out of, out of putting on events out of bringing people together about doing these podcasts, the buzz magazine, all of that madness that I do. Um, it fuels my soul. And so I feel like when people say to me, because people, <laughs> they're like, wait a minute, how do you do all that stuff? And you have kids and you have MS. And I'm like, it's because I love what I do.
1: Absolutely, and it shows. It shows so much. Like your spirit, you can see your spirit. You can Aww, see. It, that you can. Thank you. Uh, just when I when I when I hear you, you just have this. I don't know. It's like a. I, I can't. It's it's this free, just like it shows that you love doing it. It absolutely shows through in every single thing you do. From when you're speaking, from when you're hosting your events, like. When you're even on vacation. <laughs> it's, <laughs>
0: it's, oh, I like those. Yeah, I, I want more of those.
1: Yeah, I, I saw some of the You guys were really having fun. <laughs> and you travel and you do your thing and it's it's beautiful to see. And, you know, maybe, maybe you wouldn't be that if you hadn't gotten a diagnosis, you know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe the drive would be in a different place and instead of and and the joy wouldn't be there as much, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely, and it's it is such a, a delicate tightrope, though. I don't know how you deal with it, but for me, it's that thing. And I think you know when anyone's injured or has any illness, it's that tightrope of kind of you have to push yourself because if you don't push yourself, you'll you'll stay in that that rut that you're in. But then it's like you know when you push yourself too far. And then it's like, oh, you know, so I, you know, the, the tightrope of life mm-hmm. <laughs> of kind of pushing yourself so that you stay alert and, uh, you know, and on it and, you know, I will not give in to this disease. I absolutely will not. And, but then I have to be careful because I get very active and want to do everything and I'm really passionate and I just want to just go a hundred miles an hour. So how, yeah, how do you balance kind of life and MS and
1: You know, I just put my head down and plow through it all. <laughs> 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 that's all I do. I when my body, when my body tells me not to do something, that I stop. And yeah. you know, when it comes to uh, working in this because obviously, you know, at the point of my career that I'm at, I'm visibility is everything. You know, I'm trying to get I got to get out there and make make sure everyone who could possibly know knows that I do voiceover yes. and, uh, you know, I'm trying to do everything. I'm trying to go to every webinar. I'm trying to go to yes. conferences around the place. I'm trying, I'm just, trying just trying to do everything, um, but I have to make sure I have to make yeah. sure. Bring it back yeah. every once in a while. You can only stretch that rubber band, but so far yeah. right, you start feeling that, that tension, you gotta, you know, bring it back in a little bit, bring it Definitely. back in. But like you said though you have to stretch it out a little bit more sometimes so that you don't stay where you are. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to get out there. You got to do that marketing. You got to watch the you got to watch stuff on the Voiceover Network. You got to watch all those webinars that you see me at all. The
0: time? <laughs> yeah.
1: I love it. I absolutely love learning. I love yeah. the learning aspect of it and there's so many different people to learn from. There's so many, so many different people to learn from, from, you know, like the people that are doing the, the characters and the Disney characters and audio yeah. audiobooks people and, you know, some of even my own contemporaries, you know, listen to how joyful you are when I, when you're doing your podcasts. It's like, wow, yeah. that's, you know, these are, you could do, there's so many amazing things to do,
0: Yeah,
1: so many amazing things to do and so many different ways you can go about doing it, you know, yeah. so you take an example from here, take an example from here, and you try to find your own way in there. Somewhere.
0: Definitely, 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 absolutely amazing. Right, guys, we're just going to take a quick break on that note to hear from our fabulous sponsors. You are listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast season four, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, sponsored by Sennheiser, Focusrite, Audio Technica and Elements Demos. This podcast is powered by the Focusrite Vocaster and the Sennheiser USB microphone. Having the right demo is so important as a voice actor. In fact, it's one of the most important marketing tools you need to have. Now I created Elements Demos because I wanted to make sure that voice actors have the best demos to go out to get work and to get more representation. I have an amazing team of scriptwriters, sound engineers and directors all working with you. Check out elementsdemos.com for more information. Okay, so we are back with Terry talking about being a voice actor, talking about dealing with health challenges, talking about MS, um talking about inspiration, So, um, yeah. Where do you get your inspiration?
1: I get my inspiration from people who I am trying to emulate to reach the level that they're at, like yourself, um, people doing things like that. They've always wanted to do finding a way to get it done. It's, and like a lot of the people that I I've come into this, this business with, um, I'm in, you know, several Facebook groups, um, that my coach put together and, you know, other people that I've, you know, done things with, um, when I see them building their own, I'm in a, a podcast called the dad bod of destiny, oh. right? Yeah. Run by a buddy, uh, Jason Lettingham, nice. And I get to do a bunch of little pickup characters in that. And it's so fun. Um, when I see that you create something like that though mm-hmm. for yourself, you're like, okay, how can I make something that, it's not coming to me, you know? Yeah. I'm gonna make my own work. And he goes out there and does that. And I'm like, that's that's very inspirational. That's very inspirational to me. Uh when I see some like the the other disabled voice actors. Yeah. And they're living their dream, no matter what someone tells them that they can't do, and they're yeah. doing it. And I say, Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. If they can do it, I can do it. When I saw you at Mabo, I was like, you know what? You're not the you're you're actually the second voice actor that I found out that had MS. I was um, listening to Vo Boss, the, oh, the yes. and yeah. uh, Gabby Nistico was the was on there, and they were talking about their health challenges, and she was like, yeah. I have MS, and I was like, okay, so there's yeah. other people. There are other people. Yeah. And then when I saw the amount of energy you were putting out when you were telling your story, I was like, "Oh my god, that is so inspirational, so inspirational yeah. to me." Like I couldn't jump up there fast enough and talk to you. <laughs> to
0: yeah. oh, we had a big hug, hug, didn't we? we, did, we nice did. hug.
1: It was wonderful. But that, yeah, that kind of stuff is inspiring. Not just in in voiceover, in you know, acting, in life. You know, yeah. you see people giving back to the community. even sometimes when people don't have much, they're still giving back to the community. Mm. It's just a wonderful thing to see. Anything, small things, going to elementary schools and reading to children to foster a love of reading in them. And things like that, it's so inspirational. You just have to, inspiration is everywhere. You just have to be open to it.
0: Yeah definitely definitely and I think and I think being open as well is 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 something that's important and that was I don't know for you so for me obviously I was kind of I was very I was known when I was diagnosed and I I went through this kind of I I didn't talk about it publicly for a year I kept it as this kind of dark secret this kind of I felt like a black bag that I was carrying around and I I always felt, I found it really difficult telling people because I would feel bad for upsetting them, which is a bit, you know, it sounds ridiculous, but it is a thing that I, I felt not guilty, but I felt upset to upset other people. So I didn't, I didn't like telling people. And I got to a point where I was like, I couldn't remember who I told them. I hadn't told them. it was a sort of this weird secret that I had. And um, I had a moment and it was around the anniversary of my diagnosis. And I thought, right. I'm just gonna talk about it. I'm gonna put it out there. And I was worried that people were gonna think I was weak and that they were gonna think I was I was finished and that was it. You know, my career would be over and the voiceover network would be over. And but I decided just to kind of rip that band-aid off and just talk just talk about it. And I, I remember I went to Facebook and I, I didn't even plan the post. I just kind of rambled. I put this post, I put a picture and I put it out there. And the love I mean, it was it was unbelievable. The love that was you know, poured upon me, and I remember it was so quick and s- like a, this huge wave of people just sending me so much love. I I got scared, and I I remember getting into bed and hiding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh no, I can't cope, I can't cope. And then I and then I you know breathed through it and was like, okay. And it was so incredible because. I had, I'd spent so long kind of on social media going, look at me, everything's great. I'm so happy and my life is so perfect. And I'm so brilliant. And that's what most people do on social media. And then for me to open up and say, I have this condition, which is terrifying and painful and has all sorts of possible futures. It, it, it did something incredible and it, opened a vulnerability up for me, which made me learn so much about myself and about other people and about connection and about how we as human beings connect. And we actually connect through vulnerability.
1: Absolutely, And yes. it's a
0: beautiful thing to be able to to share your vulnerabilities with other people because it, it validates theirs. And it makes, you know, because everybody struggles. Everybody has challenges. Everybody listening to this, you know, right now, has challenges in their life. Has struggles. Has suffered. Has had pain. Has had loss. And for us all to kind of pretend that that doesn't go on and everything's fine, that makes I think that's where kind of a lot of depression can come from. Is like that that sort of pushing down and pretending everything's okay and and not talking. And we we now you know thankfully. Mental health is talked about a lot more, but also disabilities. And 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 I think that that's so important for, for everybody to to be able to, to be open and be vulnerable and connect with other human beings.
1: I, I completely and totally agree. And like you said, it's kind of like being able to talk about it is very freeing. Yeah. And not only is it freeing for you, you know, you're relieving a lot of anxiety off of yourself, just accepting, number one, it's acceptance of what's happening with you, you yeah, know. Yeah because you're not going to change it. It's just, you're going to accept it and then you're going to do your best to overcome. Yeah. Right. And then you're going to be able to be an inspiration to someone else.
0: Yeah.
1: Which is wonderful. Like some of the work that I've done with the MS Society, they got me through a lot of stuff. When yeah. uh, like I tell you, I was, when I met you, I had just got back from the conference.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, And you never know who you are an inspiration for or to. Mm. Like, they at the conference. I got the 2022 Inspiration Award from the MS Society.
0: Oh, yeah,
1: for for the incredible. Um, yeah, it was it was shocking. <laughs> it was shocking. It's was not
0: scared. shocking. You deserve it. You're very inspiring.
1: Thank you. But I did my my, my um the voiceover for the Pathways to Cures um uh whatever whatever the the. It's basically the fundraising and they're going into the next phase of trying to do MS research. And so mm-hmm. I was able to, I called them, I said, hey, you guys helped me so much when I got my diagnosis, you know, mm-hmm. um, I want to be, the, I'm going yeah. to give back. And so they'd be like, we have this this campaign coming up right now, the Pathways to Cures campaign. And we absolutely love to have you on it and i was like i would love to be able to give back and do it and they (laughs) did and so i went down to dallas had a fantastic time learned a lot of things a lot of uh things that they're having in research right now there's a lot of big things that are coming in ms research right now um you'll see them over the next two or three years yeah a lot of positivity and that's Fantastic stuff. So you like I said, you never know who you are an inspiration to. And you know, I'm nowhere near big time like you.
0: <laughs> you <know? laughs>
1: but one day.
0: <laughs> yeah, you are. You're awesome. So yeah, it is, you know. And I, I think, yeah, getting out of a hole. So anybody who feels like they are in a hole, I think, you know, my advice is to help somebody else. Like, I think that that's, that's Absolutely. so powerful when we help others, when we, we do something for someone else without expecting anything in return. Yes. And that's a big thing that, you know, I started the voice of a network being like, right, I'm going to, I'm going to bring along my clients and share them with everybody. I'm going to help other people. And, and that, you know, when after my diagnosis, having it, you know, the, the depression and going through this very difficult time then getting back into and I remember the first voiceover network drinks event we did and I was just ah this is wonderful because that's it's so lovely to help other people and know that you're you're having a positive impact
1: yes and you do Hey! Thank you. Thank you. Thank back. It's it's wonderful to see. We can we get one of those events happening in DC anytime soon?
0: <gasps> Ooh! <laughs> well, we're we're you know New York is happening, and uh, we are we are making plans to uh, do voiceover network drinks all over the place. That would be lovely because it's really uh, yeah, I think it's it's really important to bring people together um and to share and connect and and that's yeah that's how we grow as human beings absolutely yeah and knowing that we all we all have struggles we all have issues we all have trouble but then we all have love and beauty and inspiration within us and genius within us so it's it, knowing that we've all got this incredible eclectic mix um inside us um and and knowing that you're not alone um as well is is really important and reaching out to other people so reach out for help reach out. You know, I'm always around. I'm always here. My team at the voice Over network are always here. If anybody listening to this is going through a difficult time, please know that they're that we're here for you. And if you need any help or support or just want to have a chat with somebody, do reach out to us. But there are also lots of other organizations out there. So you are not alone.
1: Absolutely not. And I want to give you some some love. The we were you and I were we were tagged on a post recently about a young, about a um, a voiceover artist that just got a recent diagnosis of MS. And uh, Paul Schmidt tagged us on the post and you contacted that young man. <laughs> and, that was, and that was the fantastic thing of you to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I've, just, I've, yeah, I mean, of course, and I've been on a call with a couple of people who've who voice actors who've been diagnosed. Just, you know, it's it's not the end. It can feel like the end, uh, but it definitely isn't. And it's just it's part of the journey. I really feel like I don't think I'm quite. I remember when I was diagnosed, um, an entrepreneur friend of mine said that one day I would be thankful or grateful to be diagnosed I'm not quite there yet mm. but I definitely feel like it has it, I've grown as a person and it is an important part of my journey and it will continue to be a, an important part of my journey like your journey um and you know nobody's got we've all got stuff uh, and it also could be a lot worse that's the other thing I always think could be a lot worse you know um and it's just yeah we're human
1: yep Yep, right. everything could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I try to take that. I try to take that mindset. You know, especially when those rough days, you're like, you know what, right, I'm having a bad day, but yeah, it could be worse.
0: Yeah, definitely. And there are, you know, there are so there's so many medical advancements at the moment, and I do think, you know, I will just mention. I know AI is a bit of a kind of scary word for a lot of people at the moment, but in terms of medical advancement, AI is fantastic because it is going to help. In medicine and it already is and it it will mean that that things will move forward much quicker so that is a you know positive to to the AI madness that we're living in um but more of that later more I've got other um things going on we're always yeah talking about um talking about AI but um right so I mean, we could carry on talking for hours and hours. And um, what advice, let's, let's talk, start with what advice would you give to anyone out there who wants to get into voice acting or who is a voice actor who wants to kind of progress? Well,
1: you're going to hear this over and over and over again, and it will still be true each time you hear it. You need to get coaching. Yeah. You need to get yourself uh, to become a member of a community yeah. where there's learning taking place and steel iron iron sharpens iron you need to go you need to go in there you need to do auditions you need to audition practice yeah read out loud yeah not enough people do that in our industry you gotta read read out loud. that sight reading is very 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 important when it comes down to actually nailing the job
0: yeah
1: uh but yeah all types of like the voiceover network has tons of resources i mean Goodness, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> how many resources you actually have on there. Yeah. um But it, it become a member of things like that. But coaching, coaching number one, yeah. one, two, three, and four is coaching.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Somebody that
1: knows their way around the business to teach you as much as you can and, and listen, actually listen and take every single thing from those people that you can get.
0: Nice. Nice. Great advice. Thank you. Um, and I always like to finish my podcast with this last question. Um, what, would, what advice would you give to a young Terry?
1: Oh, man. We, I don't think we have enough time for this. <laughs> <laughs> Follow, Follow your dreams earlier. Yeah. Trust that you have the talent and that you have. I know you have the drive. I've always had drive. From a young man, I had drive, but trust that you can get it done using your talent as well. That's what I would say.
0: Nice. That's amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Terry, for joining me today on the VoiceOver Hour podcast. It's been a pleasure and an honor to have you on. And it's been really great to be able to sort of talk and share our stories of our MS journeys and also our VoiceOver stories.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The The pleasure is all mine. And thank you so much for having me.
0: Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And there will be another podcast episode coming next week. Thank you for listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, season four, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, with special sponsors Sennheiser, Focusrite, Audio-Technica, and Elements Demos. My name's Rachel Naylor. Join me for the next episode taking you behind the scenes in the voiceover industry.